Well, hello again, and welcome back to the Straight A Nursing Podcast. And this is another bonus episode. I hesitate to call this one a mini episode because I think it's going to be a little bigger than a mini episode, and I'm really, really excited about it. Now, before we get started, I do want to take a moment for a quick listener shout out to someone who goes by the initials SC, and she says, or he says, you're the best, Nurse Mo. I graduated nursing school last week, and I'm sure I would have not made it through without your boot camp. Because of you, I learned how to organize my life better in nursing school, which made all the difference in staying on top of schoolwork. Your boot camp also taught me how to do dosage calculations with confidence. I aced every dosage calc test with zero anxiety. You are a godsend. Thank you so much for taking the time to submit that review of boot camp. I'm so, so thrilled that it helped you, that you felt confident and no anxiety in those high stakes dosage calculations exams. So what this person is referring to is my Crucial Concepts boot camp, which is on sale right now. I will put the link to that in the episode notes, and it does include a whole module on doing dosage calculations. Okay, so today's topic is going to nursing school with ADHD. So I did a survey and a bunch of research about ADHD. I talked to the people in my Facebook group and read some scholarly peer-reviewed articles and learned a lot. And I wanted to share that with you here today because this is a very, very common condition that many, many students have to deal with in nursing school. So I want to thank everyone who participated in the Facebook group, who shared their knowledge, their insight, their experience. I learned so much from you, and I'm so thankful. So the first and most overarching thing that students shared as they're going through nursing school with ADHD is this very critical need to be really, really organized. Using a planner was mentioned over and over and over again. Now, the type of planner doesn't really seem to matter. People used all different types. As long as the format of the planner resonates with you and it's one that you use regularly, as in daily. Now, the reason a planner or some kind of organizational system is vital is that Trying to remember and keep up on top of everything you need to do in nursing school is going to take up just a ton of processing capacity in your brain. And that uses up energy that you need for other things and causes massive distractions. So if you've got it written down or on your planner, on your online calendar in some way, if it's there, it's written down then it is going to get out of that mode of just circling around in your brain so that you can focus on what you need to focus on. So some do use the planner that I make for nursing students, which has monthly layouts, weekly layouts, as well as a lot of space for lists. Another student got very creative, sent me this picture of a chore chart that they had repurposed. It was one of those charts where it's like, this is what this kid does on this day of the week. They turned that into a week-by-week to-do list that was color-coded for each class. I'm telling you, it was a work of art. 
Now, a lot of students do use lists to detail everything they have to do each week. So a planner can come in really handy for that if it's got space for lists. Some students even use the master list method that I teach in the Thrive Guide, the Nursing School Thrive Guide, my book, and that I talk about in boot camp. So having this big list of things makes it really easy to always know when you're asking that question, what do I do next? If you've got a list, you already know what to do next. So you don't get distracted by the decision-making that comes with that question. Many students mentioned using color coding as a tool to keep track of tasks for each class. So each class would be assigned a different color. Setting reminders, also very, very helpful. Many students with ADHD hyper-focus, like once they get into a task, they hyper-focus on it and risk missing appointments, going to lecture, even turning assignments in on time. So setting an alarm, setting a reminder on your phone or your Alexa device can really help you make sure that you stay on top of your schedule. Now, a key strategy that will help anyone with planning is to actually plan out the time that you're going to do your weekly planning. So it's very meta, right? We're going to plan our planning, but put that in your calendar. Maybe it's Sunday evening. Set aside 30 minutes for your planning time to look at the week ahead and determine what you need to do. Because it does take time to put in all the assignments, the meetings, your classes, your due dates. So you want to have dedicated time to do that to be sure that it gets done. So those are some really great tips for planning and kind of managing your time. Now let's go a little bit beyond that and talk about using routines. Many students with ADHD benefit from following well-established routines. So some ideas to try might be to start out with a consistent morning routine. And you want a routine that incorporates the most important things that you can do to set yourself up for a day of success. So that's going to be different for everyone. This could include things like making a daily list of the things you're going to do that day, taking medications, eating a high-quality breakfast, engaging in five minutes of meditation. Maybe it's exercising. Obviously, you're going to be checking your planner, all those types of things. I'm not saying you're doing all of those because that might take too much time, and I'm not saying that other things not on this list might not be really important. You design a daily morning routine that's specific to you and specific to how much time you can devote to it. So obviously, there are some days of the week where you may have to get out of the door a lot earlier. You might not have time for a 30-minute morning routine that you do every day or an hour-long morning routine. So on those days, you might do an expedited routine. And I do talk a lot more about morning routines in episode 129. So if you want to explore that, Go check out episode 129. Another idea for developing really solid routines is to use a habit app such as Habitica to manage daily tasks that you may forget or may feel tempted to blow off, like exercise, that's probably the one that I blow off more than I should, or taking the time to pack a healthy lunch to take with you to class. 
A habit tracker can be really, really motivating because once you get a streak going, it's really, really tempting to keep it up. Another bit of advice about using routines to your advantage is to prepare the night before to ensure you have everything you need for a stress-free morning as possible. I like to have a command center that has everything I need in one place right as you go out the door. You've got your command center. This has got your keys, your, your lunch bag, your backpack, water bottle, clinical supplies, snack, whatever it is that you need to have a successful day. You can also use alarms to make sure that you follow the same routine every morning. And I'm not just talking about wake-up alarm, though that is helpful, but then another alarm that says it's time to get in the shower. Another alarm that says it's time to be making your breakfast. It's time to be heading out the door. This is a great way to make sure your mornings stay on track if you're prone to getting distracted. One student had a really great idea that I absolutely loved. They said that they have a playlist that signifies when it's time to do certain activities. For example, Taking a shower and getting hair done and dressed is one particular group of songs. And then breakfast and putting their lunch together for the day is another group of songs. And then there's another song for getting everything gathered to get out the door. I love that idea. I think music is a great way to start the day. It really boosts your mood. So I'd love to hear if you try that and how it works for you. So another area that students with ADHD can really benefit from focusing on is boosting productivity. A fantastic method that many students with ADHD utilize is the Pomodoro Technique. So this technique involves identifying a specific task or a specific goal, something that you're working on, and working on it for 25 minutes followed by a five-minute break. So this cycle repeats four times, and then you take a longer break of 15 to 30 minutes. So you can use an app for this. There's one called Focus Keeper that I believe is for Apple, and I know there are Pomodoro apps out there beyond that one. There's some for Android. A lot of them are free, and they make it really easy to apply the Pomodoro technique to your productivity sessions. What I really like about the Focus Keeper app is that you can customize the time interval. So maybe that 25-minute focus session with a five-minute break doesn't quite work for you, you could shorten that to a 20-minute focus session with a three-minute break. You can make it work for you so that it really is something that you can use to boost your productivity. And another student suggested that if you have a task to finish, turn it into a game. They said that they like to set little goals, little contests with themselves, like folding the laundry before it completely cools from the dryer, or writing a discussion board post while they're waiting for that Pomodoro timer to ding. I personally like to see if I can unload the dishwasher while I'm reheating my coffee in the microwave. So sometimes a little competition with yourself is a good thing. Another great tip for boosting productivity is that if you can start an assignment or project early, then go for it. This is going to leave you space to take breaks when they come up. Sometimes you need a break that you didn't anticipate needing, and it's really nice to have that little bit of cushion in your schedule for the unexpected. 
It could also be beneficial for you to determine what time of day you're most productive and use that time to tackle bigger projects or more difficult concepts. So another really big area for students with ADHD is enhancing focus and minimizing distractions. So I got a lot of tips for you in this area. So background noise is the name of the game for a lot of students. Students report using instrumental music, something with no vocals, and even just white noise machines to help them stay engaged and focused on the task at hand. When studying, a great tip, great practice is to put your phone in airplane mode, put it in another room even. For some students, it's just too much of a distraction even to have it within reach. You can also use apps that force you to stay focused on the task at hand, like Freedom, Forest. I think there's one called Self-Control, so that you are just not even able to use distracting websites or apps during a dedicated work session. So I looked at the Forest app, and it's really interesting because it gamifies the experience. So when you start your focus session, it plants a little tree, and as the time goes by, that tree grows. And that can be really motivating for people who respond to that kind of positive feedback. And then if you abandon your focus session, your tree dies. So there's negative feedback as well. So you can check that out at forestapp.cc. If you're using a tablet for school, really good practice to just take social media and other distracting apps off of it or use some kind of focus app during your work sessions. Here's a tip that I can get behind for absolutely anyone. Don't leave your email application open all the time. This is a huge distraction. You hear that incoming mail ping or whatever it is. It's really just kind of automatic to go, oh, I got to go check my mail. That is really, really distracting. That causes you to do task switching and task switching is highly, highly inefficient. So I like to make a rule that I only check email at set times of day and only when I can actually devote a little bit of time to managing whatever the email is sending my way. That way your email doesn't pile up because if it's piling up, piling up, piling up, guess what? That's a whole bunch of potential distractions just waiting to rear their ugly heads. Using reminder alarms is great. I love to set it and forget it. So what I mean by this is Knowing your alarm is going to go off when it's time to leave and pick up the kids or go do something else means your brain has less stuff kind of swirling around in it, making it easier to focus on the task at hand. So if I'm working on a project and I've got an appointment like this just happened today, I had an appointment at 3 p.m. I was interviewing someone for the podcast. But at the same time, I was also working on a really in-depth project. I was writing a podcast episode about NCLEX success strategies. So as I'm doing that, I'm so into my project that I knew there was a really big risk. I was going to forget that three o'clock appointment. And to be honest, I had already missed an appointment with this person and I didn't want to do that again. So setting a reminder alarm. Hey, Alexa, remind me at 2.45 p.m. to go to my meeting. And that way, I didn't have to keep thinking, oh, what time is it? Is it time for my meeting? I didn't have to keep checking the clock. I set it and I forget it. And that just freed my brain up to do the work that it needed to do. 
When I was preparing to enter nursing school, I went full on turbo. Now, I'm a planner by nature, so I tackled nursing school as though I was embarking on an Arctic expedition. And to be honest, I spent a lot of time spinning my wheels. I wasn't sure how to prepare or what to do. I just felt that I should. After all, I'd heard how difficult a nursing school was, and I wanted to feel organized and ready from the very first day. I knew that's what would give me the confidence I needed to take on this challenge. So I did the best I could. I started school, and I have to say, I'm so glad I did that initial prep work. Now, was it the right prep work? Some of it was, and some of it wasn't, but what I did do right was so impactful. Because once school starts, it is game on. There's no time for review. There's no time to set up new systems. And many times, concepts are coming at you at lightning fast speed. It would have been great to know a bit about these ahead of time. But I got through it. And now that I've been through nursing school and been mentoring students for quite a few years now, I know exactly what students can do to prepare. I know what they should review and the crucial concepts they should get introduced to before classes start, which is why I created Crucial Concepts Bootcamp, a nursing school prep course that gets you ahead so you can start your program feeling confident and be way ahead of the game. Learn more about Crucial Concepts Bootcamp at learn.straightanursingstudent.com forward slash crucial dash concepts. I'd love to see you there. That's learn.straightanursingstudent.com forward slash crucial dash concepts. Start nursing school ready to conquer. Enroll in Crucial Concepts Bootcamp today. Another tip for enhancing focus and minimizing distractions is to slow down when taking tests and read things aloud if you can. This greatly minimizes the risk that you'll skip over potentially important words or phrases. Now, many students with ADHD lose their place while reading or get distracted by other text, other images on the page. A guided reading highlighter helps keep your focus on a small area of text to improve reading comprehension and maximize your study time because it keeps you focused. You can find these on Amazon. They come in various sizes and colors to meet your needs. So if you go to Amazon and just search for guided reading highlighter, you'll find them. The pack that I found, I think it had 12 different ones in it, different colors, different sizes. And I think the whole thing was less than $10. So very, very affordable. And from what I hear from students who use them, really effective. If you're attending an in-person class, a lot of students advise sitting in the front row because that can really help them get less distracted by other things going on in the room around them. And then for students who find electronics to be really, really difficult to resist and get easily distracted by them, don't take any electronics with you to class. Try taking your notes just on paper. So maybe not pulling out your laptop and taking notes on your laptop or taking notes on your iPad. You might be better just pen and paper and doing it that old school way so that nothing pulls you away from focusing on what you're doing. 
You could also utilize earplugs or noise-canceling headphones during things like exams and work sessions if sounds are a source of distraction for you. Earlier, I mentioned some students need background noise. Some students need silence. So noise-canceling headphones, earplugs, there's even noise-canceling earbuds or AirPods now that really help minimize noise. And then I want you to reward yourself for completing your focus sessions. Maybe it's a cup of tea or playing with the dog for a little bit or spending 10 minutes doing an activity that you really enjoy. You've worked hard and you've earned it. So always think about how you can reward yourself for completing those focus sessions. I do want to mention visual distractions because that can be something that a lot of students struggle with and they might not realize it right off the bat. But uh, minimizing visual distractions can be really helpful. And this involves putting only the things you need out on your work area. Put the other things, the other books, the other notes, the in-progress projects and assignments out of sight. And then if you tend to procrastinate with non-essential activities, especially when you are stressed, okay, I like to procrastinate by cleaning the house. Like my house got really clean finals week of nursing school. So if you tend to procrastinate by doing non-essential activities, write a note to yourself and put it somewhere where you can see it. And maybe this note says, I will organize my closet tomorrow. Today I'm studying for an exam, okay? Because clearly organizing the closet is not a priority. It's just a distraction that's honestly sometimes more fun than studying. If a thought or future task keeps popping into your head while you're studying, don't let it distract you. Don't let it pull you away from what you're doing. Just jot it down. Keep a little notepad maybe by your computer or on your desk somewhere and jot down those things that you want to do later. I call this the later list. And then when you have that time to actually look at the list and do those things, it's all written down there for you. It gets out of that circling around your head because you've written it down and then you can move on and get back to focusing. And then focusing during exams is especially important. Many students with ADHD read through the exam questions too quickly, especially when the exams are timed, which they often are. And when this happens, guess what? You risk missing keywords and phrases. So in addition to being very aware of your reading speed, one student shared that using a fidget device during exams actually helped her to slow down and read more slowly. So if that's allowed at your school, then give it a try. You could also try reading to yourself, even silently, like not even whispering, just like moving your mouth through the words without making any sound to, you know, you don't want to distract anyone, obviously, but that would force you to slow down and read each question and answer option fully. Okay, so that was a lot of tips on enhancing focus and minimizing distractions. Let's talk a little bit about creating an ADHD-friendly study space. So make sure you have everything you need at your desk area so you can get to work and stay to work. Remember, we want to minimize disruptions. So this may include a water bottle, a snack, the pens, pencils, highlighters that you need to take your notes and do your assignments, a comfortable chair, headphones if you are using them to keep excess noise away, or if you're using them to play background music, 
fidget devices, reference books, and study materials. If you can avoid getting up to go fetch things, that is fantastic. Another ADH-friendly study space idea is to get a computerizer so you can sit and then you can stand, and then you can sit, and then you can stand, sit, stand, sit, stand. That can be really helpful for someone who needs to break things up and needs to get a little bit more physical as they're studying and doing homework. A great tip is to use a bookcase cabinet that has doors versus open shelving so that you can put things away when you're not using them. Remember, out of sight, out of mind, less distractions. It's also a great idea to designate a study-only area in your home. This sends a very important message to your brain that when you are in this space, it is time to work. And then some students do benefit from alternate forms of seating and switch from desk to a table to the couch to a lap desk. That might work for you. So if that works for you, experiment and do what helps. You also want to maximize your learning style. So studying effectively means maximizing your learning style as much as you can, but this does not mean that it's the only one you will use. You will have to use all learning styles in nursing school, but use the one you resonate with the most as much as you possibly can. Utilize interactive learning can help you stay engaged as well. A great resource for this is through the online access codes that come with your textbooks. These often include many interactive activities like matching exercises, drag and drop exercises, fill in the blanks. These are things that can help a student with ADHD stay engaged while learning and studying. Another great tip is to write your notes in different colored pens or pencils. For visual and creative learners, this can trick your brain into thinking it's art and not just a bunch of meaningless words. And use highlighting in a consistent way. Assign each type of information to a specific color. So, for example, drugs might be in blue, lab values might be in green, side effects might be in orange. Nursing interventions might be in purple. See what I mean? Assign each type of information a specific color. Another fantastic tip is to learn the material by actually teaching it to someone else. This is an excellent way to stay engaged and take a very active role in your learning. Plus, it's a great way to develop positive relationships in nursing school. So maybe find two other students and take turns teaching each other core concepts. And I'm not saying you're giving an hour-long presentation, but a quick three, four-minute presentation on a key concept. Incorporate physical activity while reading or having your books read to you with an app like Speechify can also be really helpful. Physical activity and ADHD really do go hand in hand for a lot of students and can help boost focus and learning. In addition to the fidget tools that a lot of students use, I've even heard of a student using knitting and doing that while listening to online lectures. Here's another tip for that artistically inclined student. So if your brain is drawn to art and creativity, going beyond just color coding your notes, you can draw out concepts and even use different handwriting styles to engage your brain in an effective way. 
Now, some students tend to zone out or lose interest during lectures, so it's really helpful to try to familiarize yourself with the concepts prior to class. One student reported that this was very helpful, and what she did was she would do a quick skim of the reading and then try to fill out one of my latte method templates before class. She would then take that template into class and stay engaged by filling in any gaps. And I'll link to that latte template in the episode notes. If your school allows audio recordings of your lectures, take advantage of this so you can listen to the lessons more than once. And if you're like most people with ADHD, you probably get bored with people who speak slowly so you can increase the playback speed. And yes, I realize I'm speaking probably way too slowly for a lot of you right now. I normally speak very quickly. I have to force myself to slow down while I'm in teacher mode, but I will not be offended if you increase the playback speed on my podcast. Another great tip is to utilize captions while watching videos. This gives your brain additional sensory input, which can help you stay focused and engaged. You may need to request closed captioning from your school or ask your professor to turn on captioning when using a Zoom or some kind of teleconferencing app. I am very excited to announce that my nursing school prep course, Crucial Concepts Bootcamp, is now entirely closed captioned. You also want to find what helps you remember things, even if it seems silly. Some students use goofy stories to remember medication side effects or disease signs and symptoms. Other effective techniques are mnemonic devices or even songs. And yes, I've done all of these. Whatever works. As you learn a concept, try to guess what the test questions might be about and write these out as you go. Not only will it help you stay engaged, you've now created a pretty awesome study guide for the exam, and that is a win-win. Another simple idea is to record yourself reading your notes or talking through concepts. Listen to these recordings as you do physical activity such as walking to class or doing chores around the house. Another tip that I liked is when reading out loud, try using an exaggerated voice. I know it sounds really silly, but it can help you stay engaged and help you remember. Some students learn optimally by having material read to them. So if you're utilizing electronic books, check to see if they have a read aloud option. Speechify that I mentioned earlier is an app that reads digital material out loud. You can even take a photo of a physical textbook and have that text read to you using Speechify. You can learn more about this great app and try it for free at speechify.com. I also want to encourage you to look into any accommodations that your school may be able to provide for you. The best place to start is likely going to be the Disabilities Office. Now, it may have a slightly different name, but that should be the general gist of it. So start there. Okay, let's talk about in clinical. So in clinical, lists and routines will be your BFFs. Many students report having several things they need to do and then forgetting what they are by the time they get to the patient's room. 
That's because hospitals and patients are absolutely brimming with distractions. So don't feel bad if this is you. Make lists. Even if it's just a list of things to do next time you go in the patient's room. Over time, you'll probably find that you rely on these lists less and less as the environment becomes more familiar. Routines help ensure you don't forget to do important tasks. I encourage students to develop a start-of-shift routine, a first-assessment routine, and an end-of-shift routine. I talk about all of these routines in my book, Nursing School Thrive Guide. I even have a before-I-step-away-from-the-bedside routine that I utilize all the time, especially with critical patients. For example, if the patient is restrained, I check that the restraints are secure and safe before I step away. If they're intubated, I make sure that their hands can't reach their ET tube before I step away. If they've got lots of lines and tubes and drains, I look down and make sure I'm not tangled up in any of those things before I step away. If they've got oxygen on, I make sure that it's in the proper position before I step away and so on and so forth. Another great tip in clinical is to use a run sheet. Run sheets are your general plan for the day so that you know when meds are due and when specific interventions will be done. Now, obviously, run sheets are going to change. Your plan throughout the day is going to change, but it's helpful to have a start to your shift where you kind of know where it's going. And of course, it's going to be adjusted as you adjust to patient situations. But I use run sheets all the time. I don't imagine how I could coordinate care without one. They're absolutely invaluable. It's also a great idea to simply keep a small notepad with you at all times. Little notepad, little notebook. Jot down vital signs, patient requests, instructions from the nurse you're working with, anything else you need to remember. There is no shame in writing things down, especially when things are new. Now, another key area is medication. All I can say to this is that this is not the time to experiment with your physician's direct guidance on your medication regimen. Up to 50% of college students stop taking their ADHD medication when they go to college or they underutilize it. There could be a lot of reasons for this, including finances and access to care. So if you do take medication for your condition or any other medical condition that you have, have a plan for continuing to get your medication as prescribed and staying in touch with your physician. It may be that you're moving to an entirely new area and have to find a different physician altogether. So don't wait. Get that started well in advance to avoid any disruptions. Also, self-care is really important, and exercise is a big component of that. Physical activity has been shown to be very helpful for students with ADHD, so make the time to do that, even if it's just very short periods. Do some kind of physical movement and try to aim for that every day. Now, before I close out, it's really important that you give yourself kindness and grace It's easy to look around at other students and assume they're having an easier time and that everything is more challenging for you. And yes, there are some areas that are going to be more challenging, but you also have some pretty awesome advantages. 
People with ADHD are generally fabulous creative problem solvers that can quickly think on their feet. This is by far one of the best qualities you could have as a bedside nurse. So I want you to recognize your strengths and not get bogged down with all the things that you do struggle with. And hopefully these tips help make it a bit less of a struggle. I really hope they help you. And if you're looking for more support and more strategies for thriving in nursing school, Crucial Concepts Bootcamp is on sale now. I've got the link in the episode notes. It's learn.straightynursingstudent.com forward slash crucial dash concepts. I realize that's pretty long. I don't want you to have to try to remember it. Link is in the episode notes. And I really hope to see you there. Bye for now. This podcast is brought to you by Straight A Nursing.